Advent on Air, the science of type 2 inflammation on the go. Welcome to Advent on Air, a podcast featuring conversations between leading experts on the science of type 2 inflammation. Today's episode features a conversation between renowned pediatric allergist Dr. Leonard Bacaria and esteemed pediatric pulmonologist Dr. Sharon Dell, who will highlight the natural course of pediatric asthma progression over time, the differences between spontaneous and clinical remission, and discuss the potential for clinical remission in pediatric severe asthma in the context of recent developments around on-treatment clinical asthma remission in adults. The speakers are being compensated by Sanofi and Regeneron in connection with this program. Welcome to today's podcast entitled, What is the Future Outlook for Remission in Pediatric Severe Asthma Patients? I'm Dr. Len Becarrier. I'm a pediatric allergist, immunologist, and professor of pediatrics at Vanderbilt University uh, Medical Center in Nashville. Today, I am joined by Dr. Sharon Dell for a discussion about pediatric asthma progression over time, spontaneous remission, and the potential for achieving on-treatment clinical remission in pediatric severe asthma patients. Dr. Dell, would you kindly introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, Len. I'm Dr. Sharon Dell. I'm a pediatric pulmonologist at BC Children's Hospital and a professor of pediatrics at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Thanks, Sharon. It's a pleasure to to do this together this morning. Um, So let's get started with a a discussion around the definition of remission in pediatric asthma. There's been a recent publication by Mark Corbett and John Oppenheimer that suggested that the ultimate goal of care is clinical remission in asthma and that it can be reached in a subset of patients with, um, with pediatric asthma. What's your opinion on the need for a definition of on-treatment clinical remission in pediatric populations, and how might it differ from what's being discussed in adults, including what is now the current consensus framework for adult asthma that was published by Dr. Menzies, Gao, and colleagues in 2020? Yeah, Len, I think we're in a new era of asthma treatment, You know, for 30 years, um, we've had inhaled corticosteroids, and that allowed us to introduce the concept of asthma control. Um, And now we have more effective treatments with biologics, and I think it's time to go beyond asthma control and talk about clinical remission. I think our patients deserve it, and we need to be more ambitious in our treatment goals. Do you think there's any difference between patients with more mild asthma and those with more severe asthma when it comes to thinking about this topic? Yeah, Len, uh, that's a good point. Uh, We've known for many years from birth cohort studies that have been done around the world uh, that mild asthma, particularly in early childhood, often goes into spontaneous remission. Um, And I think we have to be careful that we don't conflate that spontaneous remission that we see with uh, in mild asthma with the concept of clinical remission on treatment that we are talking about today on this podcast. Yeah, I think those are really important distinctions in children because you know we're fortunate as pediatricians to be able to watch a more favorable natural history evolve in a subset of our patients where their disease will seemingly 
um, improve over time. Um, but I think, you know, our focus today is on the more moderate to severe patient who prior to this really didn't have um, a treatment goal of such excellent um, disease control and management as we are now able to provide. Do you want to comment a little bit on what criteria might be appropriate when starting a conversation around clinical remission on therapy? What do you think the critical elements to those are? What might be nice but might not be as critical? Yeah, um, Len, maybe we can talk. We can start by talking a little bit about um, a study published on an adult consensus framework um, for on treatment clinical remission that was published in 2020 by Menzies Gao. Um, and uh, th this was a Delphi process that um, developed criteria for remission. And basically, um, they, they proposed four criteria. No exacerbations requiring oral corticosteroids, optimizing and stabilizing lung function, uh, absence of significant symptoms based on a validated uh, instruments such as the asthma control test or asthma control questionnaire, and uh, all of this over a period of 12 months. They also added a fourth element of agreement between the patient and provider that the patient is in remission. So I think that we could use that as a starting point um, when thinking about remission in pediatric asthma. Um, certainly, I, I, I personally would like to see um, higher goals for <laughs> achieving um, optimizing lung function, um, really ach achieving normal lung function in childhood, because I think that's possible. You know, and I wonder if um, adding biomarkers of inflammation uh, like fractional expired nitric oxide would also help us um, achieve those goals. Yeah, th those are all really, I think, essential and important points, and I'd agree with with all of them. The, the, the other one that I would suggest that we begin to, to think about in this space, and it's it was part of a, a sort of a consensus report that was recently published in the Annals of Allergy by a group convened by the American College of Allergy, the American Academy of Allergy, the ATS, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, also included um, some other patient-centered outcomes, such as no days missed from work or school, you know, as, as an additional indicator that asthma has been so um, well-managed and quiet that it really doesn't interfere with folks' ability um, to live normal, full lives and not have those additional indicators of morbidity. Yeah, Len, I, I think you're talking about um, an article in press um, that some people may be able to access right now. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about it. How did this group come together and how were these criteria developed? And do you see these as criteria that could be implemented into clinical practice right now? Or uh, is this sort of um, a starting point to go further in pediatrics. Yeah, I think it's it's a starting point. Everybody interested in severe asthma right now has some efforts afoot to um, begin to define remission. 
And it's been defined differently by almost every group that has attempted to describe it. And what this group did, and it was, again, a, a group of folks representing four of the major societies into, um, interested in asthma in the United States, um, got together and using a modified Delphi process, um, devised what is really an expert consensus on the, the components that could um, reflect asthma remission. Um, but again, this was really intended to help drive the research of this clinical state forward. And in an editorial that accompanies that by members of the college and the academy, um, they point out that this really is not intended for ground-level clinical application um, because it's still really in the developmental stage. Len, I, I wonder what you think about the patient, uh, incorporating the patient perspective on this topic. Yeah, it's, it's an essential point, and I think we do need to bring the patient point of view into the discussion. Um, we do have to be a bit cautious because I think we've all learned over time that many patients have relatively low expectations for what well-controlled asthma could look like, and many patients overestimate their level of asthma control. So I think we need to help them understand that these higher levels of control, this return to normalcy, this ability to have full lives without impact of asthma, is indeed an achievable and a, not purely an aspirational goal. Um, because I, I do think that, that we've learned that uh, patients with asthma often accept their symptoms as the burden they must carry as part of their disease. And they don't expect these symptoms to go away, especially those with more severe disease. And I think we have to help them see that these are indeed achievable outcomes for a substantial subset of individuals. And this could potentially motivate more patients to seek and follow through with therapy, realizing that the goals are even greater than they ever thought they might have been. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Len, you know, in that our, our, our patients, um, Often seem to have low expectations for um, for their uh, improving their asthma outcomes, um, and I would add on top of that that often we as physicians also have had low expectations. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, "Oh, my patient was only admitted to hospital once in the last six months," and I think to myself. That was a life-threatening exacerbation. You know, that's not that's not nothing. That's actually that that's um, that is very remarkable and really should be unacceptable. How do you think aiming for clinical remission would change outcomes for our patients in the future? Yeah. So you know, this is we're starting to get into hypotheticals, but I think there are some important extrapolations from the literature that we can draw. There's substantial literature that reflects the cumulative burden of systemic corticosteroid exposure in children 
and what this does to increase their risk of secondary problems such as fracture, GI bleed, um, bone loss, um, and the like as, as children age into adulthood. But what we also know is that children who experience frequent exacerbations of their asthma have, Im have more impaired lung growth than the, than the typical asthmatic patient has. And we know that lung growth is a, um, is a process of childhood, and once out of childhood, um, it is a slow, steady decline of lung function for the rest of the lifespan. So you know, as we aim for remission, and one of the core principles that I don't think anybody disputes is that remission reflects an exacerbation-free um, state for an extended period of time. And we know that these exacerbations, while being life-threatening and acute and bothersome in the short term, also carry with them long-term negative prognostic factors, such as poor lung growth and the like. So I think the, the more children who achieve rem a remitted state will likely experience lesser degrees of lung function decline which will set them up for greater lung health through their adult years and will pay dividends for the, the duration of the lifespan. So I think there really is a long-term benefit that will be reaped by those who can achieve this state of exacerbation freeness, of not requiring oral corticosteroids, of likely improved physical fitness and the, the, the health benefits that come from that. So I, I would think that, you know, as, ch as we try to get as many children into this exceptionally well-controlled state, it will be of benefit both in the short term, but also in the long term. Absolutely, Len. You are speaking the love language of a pediatric pulmonologist when you talk about lung function. Um, you know, we, we know from the CAMP study um, that about 75%, so three quarters of persistent childhood asthmatics um, will have impaired lung function in adulthood. And that um, comes from a combination of uh, impaired growth in early childhood and then also early decline in lung function in adulthood. And so that's really concerning to pulmonologists because we worry about uh, future COPD. Um, and let's face it, you need, you need your lungs for life, <laughs> for a good long life. And maybe that's um, a good place to um, segue maybe a little bit into um, asthma transition from childhood to adulthood. How does asthma typically progress from childhood into adulthood? And are there specific features of pediatric severe asthma that might make spontaneous or on-treatment clinical remission difficult to achieve? It's, it had been long said that, you know, many children outgrow their asthma, and there's probably a little bit of truth in there. I think it's more appropriate to say that most children outgrow their pediatrician more than they outgrow their, their asthma, because we know that many children have asthma, it seems to get better during the adolescent period, particularly in boys. But then in early adulthood, often in the setting of a respiratory infection, the asthma sort of reawakens and then becomes persistent through the 
the remainder of adulthood. Um, we know that severe asthma tends to track over time, although some data from the SARP um, consortium suggests that there is indeed a subset of children who have severe asthma who are indeed um, more likely to improve than I think had reasonably uh, or that had previously been um, suspected. Um, but in general, the more moderate to severe disease tends to track through childhood and into adulthood. I'm wondering what you think the role of airway remodeling is in this progression um, of lung disease. Do we see airway remodeling in early in early childhood like we do in adulthood? And do we need to, you know, do we need to um, have effective therapies initiated much earlier um, to prevent this airway remodeling and this decline in lung function that we see? Yeah, there's definitely evidence that remodeling occurs early in the disease course. And the few studies that have, have really done airway assessments of children show that it's present, and it's even present in those with relatively moderate and modest amounts of disease. So we think it really is part and parcel to the, to the underlying inflammatory process that is asthma. And despite our best efforts to date with early intervention with anti-inflammatory therapies, no one has demonstrated an ability to alter those pathways. It's unknown whether use of the advanced biologics will allow us to change that course in any fundamental way. Um, it is very clear that the younger the child, the more plastic the immune response is, and Ideally, the more amenable it is to modification with biologic therapy. I think over time, the appropriate studies will be done that will begin to provide us insight as to whether the early error intervention with these therapies, both in terms of age, but also in terms of onset of disease, have a chance of, of moving more from disease treatment to disease modification with more long-lasting and durable um, effects on all aspects of, of asthma, and in particular, um, airway function, airway structure, and remodeling. So, Dr. Dell, you know, our international societies and organizations like GINA and Euphoria are beginning to include frameworks for on-treatment clinical remission in their guidelines, or at least starting to think about how to do that, and that's generally centered around adult asthma management. Do you see any barriers to incorporation of pediatric-specific recommendations? And if so, what do you see as being on the frontier of pediatric severe asthma management goals? Is, is this where we're, we're going to go in the next two to three years? Yeah, that's a good question, Len. I, the answer to the, the second question is I certainly hope so. <laughs> as far as Barriers go, you know, we spoke a little bit um, earlier about low expectations for um, asthma outcomes from both our patients and our and our treating physicians. Um, and I think that's probably going to be our biggest barrier. You know, I think we're going to have to convince um, physicians. I don't think we'll have to convince patients. I think Remission is really important to them. You know, our patients understand what clinical remission is. They 
all know what cancer remission is. Uh, patients with other inflammatory diseases like inflammatory bowel disease and rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Um, there are well-defined um, uh, criteria for remission and, and patients understand that concept of the signs and symptoms of disease going away. And they, they want that, you know. Um, it may be a little tougher to convince physicians that we need it. You know, we've been stuck on asthma control for the last 30 years. Um, and certainly I've heard a lot of physicians say, why do we need remission? We've got asthma control. Isn't asthma control good enough? Um, but in my mind, they're very different concepts. Um, I, I think if you speak to the average person on the street about controlling a disease versus, versus having the disease go into remission, it's completely different. That's the way, you know, a patient thinks about it. Um, and so we have to get the physician mindset there as well, that we need to go beyond targeting asthma control and start targeting asthma remission so that we can um, try to achieve some of these outcomes for our patients that have previously seen seemed unachievable. Yeah, I I would I would fully support that and and agree that um, we just need to embark on a new um, path of really setting high and appropriate expectations for our patients um, because I I do agree with you that that we can. We can help them see the the disease management a, achievable with current therapies, and and I think once they see it for themselves, they they are pretty um, they're pretty delighted with where things can go, and um, I think part of that is shown by the fact that at least in my experience. Patients follow up with these therapies and are adherent to these therapies in ways that I've not seen them be adherent to prior therapies. They, they really feel the reward of following through in terms of, of the degree of clinical betterment that they achieve. And I think that leads to even better outcomes. So I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a virtuous cycle, as they say, of good things leading to more good things. Um, and, and getting them on the path to improvement. Um, most of them, once they, once they see that and feel that, have no interest in sliding backwards. So Sharon, I'd really like to thank you for um, spending some time with us today. I really enjoyed our discussion around um, remission in the space of childhood asthma. And I know that this is just the beginning of a series of discussions around this topic that will emerge over the coming years. Thank you, Len. I also really enjoyed this discussion, and I look forward to seeing what the future holds uh, for my patients. I think the future looks bright. Thank you to our esteemed guests, Dr. Leonard Bacaria and Dr. Sharon Dell, for your valuable insights on the natural progression of pediatric asthma over time and the potential for on-treatment remission in pediatric patient populations. Thank you for listening to Advent on Air, providing the science of type 2 inflammation on the go. 
If you learnt something from this, leave a review and subscribe to Advent On Air to hear new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and adventprogram.com.